I want to walk through this teaching with you. I want you to look at Mark 10, but I want you to look at a few more verses with me, okay? All right? I want you to look at Mark 10, and I want you to read this scripture with me. In Mark 10, beginning in verse 13, and I want you to read it out loud, and I want you to take notice that there are certain places that need some emphasis. Does that make sense? They need emphasis. Uh, specifically when you see the Lord displeased. How many want to please the Lord? Does anybody want to please the Lord? So there are some words here that speak uh, pleasure. Uh, well, yeah, bring that over to me when you can. Look at the scripture. Now read it out loud. How many know what out loud means? All right, anybody know that? All right, here we go. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, here we go, let the little children, no, I wanted, I need some dynamics here. Are you ready? Come on. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and bless them. That's powerful scripture, isn't it? I want us to get some context of this as well, but I love this scripture. I love the memories here. I believe we just created a memory for our kids. How many believe that? We just created it. We created a memory. We bless them when they leave here. Listen, here's something you can say to your kids in the future. When they come home, if they're having a struggle, you say, wait a minute, we blessed you. Right? We blessed you. When they say, I can't get this, I just, I just, I just can't figure this out, you say, wait a minute, uh, you're a child of God, and you're smart, and you're wise, and we prayed for you. How many will help me with this? How many will help me? And speak that into them. Find out their struggles. Let's figure this out. Let's work together. Bless them. Because we don't want the only blessing of children just to be when they are babies. You are, you are priests. You are leaders in your home. And you need to be ready to do this. I've had a lot of moments in my life. I told you it's uh, back in January, Diane and I and our, all of our children took a vacation. And uh, we had some amazing moments that we remembered. I uh, got to spend time with our grandson and our granddaughter and our children. And uh, I, I had one moment they will never forget. How many have ever had a Charlie before? Anybody had one of those in your leg? Anybody had one of those? On occasion, I can get a severe one. And I'd been playing in the pool with Malachi and Avalyn and, and the kids. And, and with Avalyn, I'd been running around the pool holding her and making her feel like she could fly. And Malachi, we just fussing and fighting and wrestling. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd gotten a little crazy, maybe a little dehydrated. I don't know. But we ended up sitting down. We had some food. And we were playing a little card game of some kind. And I felt it coming because uh, I, I have had... Charlie's that could set world records in my left leg, okay? Anybody ever had one? I'm not talking about one that just hurt for a minute. I'm saying it started in my foot and it worked down my calf and all the way up into my thigh and I felt it coming and I said, oh no, no, here it comes. Now my kids had not seen one of these happen and I respond differently to the pain than some people do. Anybody have a weird response to pain? I laugh at it, okay? I mean, it's a painful laugh. It's like, ha, ha! Whoa! I'm laying on the ground. I've been told by a therapist once that if you start to get a Charlie like in your foot, anybody had one in the middle of the night before? You're just stretching and the foot goes, no, no, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to keep going sideways. 
And uh, so I'm, it's going crazy. And I've been told that if you slap it, so by this time, I'm laying in the floor, okay? Because my leg has cramped up so bad. And I'm saying, somebody hit it. It's, I sound like a preacher, okay? Somebody slap my leg. And now I'm in pain, and the whole family is just in laughter, okay? Everybody's just laughing and enjoying it to this day. I mean, in the last couple of months, you know, hey, Dad, that moment where you had that cramp, that was like the best moment. I, I could have had a cramp at home. Have you ever had something happen to you that was so powerful, so perhaps so painful that you created a moment? I like moments, even if they're when a family can come together. Not, I'm not sure when we look at this scripture that we know all the pain that was going on because all we see in the scripture is Jesus taking children and blessing them. We don't see really what's going on. We don't see the depth of what is happening in the hearts of people. All we see is, oh, he's blessing children. Why is he blessing children? And I want you to look at this. Go back to the 12 verses before, all the way back to Mark chapter 10, verse 1. Okay, we're, 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 we're in uh, uh, verse uh, 13 through 16, but verse 1. Jesus arose, then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And multitudes gathered. So there are a lot of people around, right? And, and, uh, and as he was accustomed, he taught them again. So he's teaching them. Now out of the crowd, there's always some Pharisees. How many know there's always some Pharisees? Always some Pharisees just trying to pick everything apart, all right? And uh, trying to, they're just making a moment. The Pharisees came and asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, they're testing him. Yeah. And if you're a Pharisee today, I just want to welcome you to freedom. Welcome to freedom. We're after you. Okay? We're after you. And he answered and said to them, well, what did Moses command you? Jesus was good like that. He knew how to communicate. He knew how to facilitate a conversation. And sometimes that is answering a question with a question. And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to dismiss her. That line just cracks me up. Moses permitted a man to divorce his wife uh, and to dismiss her. Like, uh, look, this marriage is over and you are dismissed. <laughs> and you, can you see how just the language changes really what's going on? Do you see that? And to dismiss her. You're dismissed. And Jesus answered, because, read this with me, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them, whoa, should I stop there and read that one more time? From the beginning, God made them male and female. That's important. And, and then he goes back and he's giving scripture. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become Okay, now let me read that again. A man shall leave his father and mother and, shall, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Anybody ever heard of, of one flesh union? Have you ever heard that before? Okay, so, so it is a priority that you don't enter into one flesh unions until you become married. Okay, now I'm not trying to throw guilt out. I'm just saying how many wish they had heard that? 
All right? You've done it differently. But here you are. Somebody praise God. I'm here right now. But one flesh union. There are people that are struggling today in their life from the unions that they have had with other people. I'm preaching the truth right now. You don't have to say amen. I'll just talk to you. All right? Now, God can heal that stuff. Somebody thank God for that. But, but it can cause ties, uh, one flesh union, soul ties, wounds within your heart. Uh, okay, anyway, okay. This is what Jesus says. It's not what the world says. And then he says this. This sounds like a, a wedding, doesn't it? Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. In, in the house, his disciples also ask him again. So they, they come back later. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a man divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Now, while I'm saying this, some of you went into Pharisee mode, and you're starting to write the code out. That's not what I'm trying to get at, all right? I'm not just, I'm, I'm, that's not where I am. What I want you to understand is that the Lord has a better way for us in our life. Let me, let me look at Mark 10, 5. Jesus answered and said to them, and this is where I want to focus, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote this precept. Now, all of this, again, is right before what? It's just before Jesus lays his hands and blesses the children. So we have this discussion of broken relationships, and they're trying to bring children to Jesus to bless him. People say, no, no, we got more important things. We got Pharisees talking right now. We, got, we want you to teach right now. And Jesus says, can anybody get in this? Jesus says, no, no, no. We've just talked about this. I'm going to bless children. Of course, there's so much more to this situation. Of course, he's answering their religious questions. Of course, you shouldn't just be tossing your husband or wife around, aside randomly. But this is not just about divorce. This is about relationship. This is about restoration. This is about covenant. And listen, it's not just about the couple. Godly marriage between a man and a woman is foundational in culture. I don't know if you heard me. I'm going to preach it again. Godly marriage between a man and a woman. This is what the Lord is, is saying. It's foundational. You say, well, you know, marriage is... Listen, listen. A covenant between a man and a woman who will live together in faith with the Lord Jesus. It is imperative for our society to survive. Massively important. You say, well, you know, love is love, Pastor. A man and a woman. And, and I know I know you would say, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in our culture. You haven't listen, I have studied the science. I have studied the science, and science backs up what I'm telling you right now. The only reason that we're embracing this is out of, it, it is a compassionate culture, but sin can be disguised as compassion sometimes. All right? Now, I said all of this. I don't want to spend too much time here, but if you are struggling with same-sex relations, I love you so much, and I'm so glad you're here, and we care about you enough not just to tell you to stop. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, let us help you through your brokenness. Can I get an amen? amen? Here, we see people set free 
all the time. We have individuals that used to be actively involved in alternative lifestyles that God has set free. They are now married happily in heterosexual relationships. And I've done the weddings. Can I get an amen from somebody? So I want you to know, okay, I, I got to come back to this. All right, okay, okay. So just so you know, we love you. We love you. Now, I'm, I got to say this. I'm just under the anointing right now. I want to call the church to loving people who are in brokenness. I want you to speak love to individuals. I don't want you to ostracize or alienate people that are living in, in, in sinful lifestyles or in brokenness. I want you to love them. I want you to show them the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I said that. Okay, so I want, I want to be clear here. Jesus is saying... When he's asked by the Pharisees who say, we should be able, Moses gave us the ability by his law to dismiss our wives. Here's what, here's what, here's what the Lord is saying. Divorce is not your answer. Adultery is fully unacceptable. And even if someone commits adultery, don't just dump them without pursuing reconciliation. Because you still have a union between the two of you. Do you hear Jesus saying this? And yes, Moses gave you this permission. And yes, people still get divorces. But look at this fifth verse. He is saying, the reason that you can't reconcile and heal is not simply because you don't like each other. It's because of the hardness of your heart. How many have ever experienced hardness of heart? Anybody ever experienced it? The hardness of your heart. Relational brokenness is a condition of the heart. And I want to talk about being emotionally broken. I want to talk about healing, but I want to heal and bless your hearts. And again, relational brokenness is not just about you. It's about all of those who are attached to you. It's about the children. It's about the grandchildren. I, and I don't even like the term uh, in-laws. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I understand that that's how people, that's my son-in-law. I have a hard time saying that's my son-in-love. It just sounds weird for me. I don't know why, you know, but uh, like Lauren Barton is my son-in-law. That's how you understand it. But I just call him sons. That makes sense. I, you know, Lindsay's my daughter-in-law, but I just call her daughter. Is that okay, Steve? You know, that's his, that's his daughter, but you know, that's my daughter. I, I love my family. Everybody get that? So, so uh, I, I'm telling you that because Relational brokenness doesn't just impact you. It impacts your children and your grandchildren. It impacts your, the grandparents. It impacts the great-grandparents, the nieces and the nephew. Brokenness, once you start embracing and saying, yeah, I'm going to let brokenness control me rather than allowing the spirit of reconciliation to come into your life, then there's a lot of people that get hurt. But nobody gets hurt more than the kids. Jesus takes the kids and he blesses them. How many have ever struggled with reconciliation? All right? Because if you, are, if you are in the chaos of divorce, please, the Lord is not telling you to stay in an abusive relationship. That's not what he's saying. This man beat me. No, no, that's not what we're saying. All right? But what we are saying is that we need to pursue reconciliation in our brokenness. So let me just tell you, look at somebody and say, take action. Look at somebody say it. Say it out loud. Take action. And some of you say, well, what do I do? Okay, here's some things. Okay, take action. One, reestablish spiritual intimacy. Reestablish spiritual intimacy. So I've taught you this so many times. Uh, 
I, I, don't, I don't need to hear about your physical intimacy right now. I want to know that you have spiritual intimacy. I want to know, in fact, let me tell you, if you're dating someone right now and you can't pray together, would you go ahead and text them and break up? Just go ahead. And we don't pray together. We can't talk about the Word of God together. Just text them right now. And so Pastor Rick just told me about the Holy Spirit that we should bust up, all right? Because that's what I'm telling you right now, all right? And come on. You might say, Pastor, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, you tell them, look, we're going to meet today and we're going to pray. Establish spiritual intimacy. Listen, how many have heard me say light a candle and pray before? Anybody heard, you, heard me teach that? Find a time, okay? Our candle was lit this morning and we were coming to church. Uh, we read the Bible and prayed this morning, okay? You need to read the Word. You need to pray. You need to talk about spiritual things. So reestablish spiritual intimacy. Now, this is a word from heaven. Cut the crap. Some of you say, Pastor, you can't say crap be a Christian. Crap, 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 okay? <laughs> It is, look, the word is actually in the Bible. Uh, it's the word skubala, all right? That's the word in the Bible, and I won't tell you how that translates, all right? But how many know there's some things that stink in relationships? That's really what he's saying. And, and I know, I, and I'm not asking, I know, Pastor, please, our kid's going to start saying that. Don't you say that. Your mom and daddy told you not to. But I want you to understand there are some things that stink in relationships. Uh, stop the negativity, Stop the demeaning sarcasm. Stop, come on, stop hurting each other. Stop the yelling and the screaming, all the anger. Stop it. Cut it out. You say, but I'm angry. Stop. Stop. It's not blessing anybody. Just cut it out. Cut it. Take action in your relationship and say, as of today, we're not screaming and yelling at anybody anymore. It's over. Eliminate the affairs, the addictions, and the anger. Okay? Eliminate it. You say, well, we're not having an affair. Well, you're having an emotional one with somebody. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. Stop it. Affairs in, in general. Adultery. Jesus said, look at somebody with lust in your eyes. You've already committed adultery. So you, you need to do that. Listen, if you need to... Here, I, I recommend this. I recommend this. Uh, make sure between husbands and wives that you have full, full access to one another's phones. And internet histories. If that's a problem, I just want to ask why it's a problem. All right? My wife and I, you know, if you know her passwords, you know mine. If you know mine, you know hers. We just, we text each other with one another's phones. You just, okay, I said enough. All right, so. Forgive one another. Shout it. Forgive one another. Practice reflective and constructive communication skills. Practice, say it out loud. Practice reflective and constructive communication skills. You want to know what that is, okay? Here's, here's the way that works, okay? Here's some reflective and, communication, and, and constructive. Uh, listen and respond by saying, so what I hear you saying is. Say it, try it. So what I hear you saying is. All right? If you don't learn that term uh, it's a powerful term. Eventually, it'll become a part of your life all the time. Diana, we constantly use it. You know, driving down the road. We'll be talking about direction someplace. So what you're saying is, we're not even fighting. We're just already trying to listen. So what I hear you saying is, and then use other terms like, I feel or I felt. Go ahead. Start moving with your heart. That happened. Well, when you say that, this is what I feel. Well, that's not what I meant to convey. Do you see how much different that is than what your conversation is? My concern is, use terms like this, my concern is, my concern was, why are you saying that to me? 
well, well, this is what I feel. My concern is this. Well, your concern is wrong. Well, this is what I feel. You notice I just keep pulling the fuse out. You see what I'm saying? Uh, I would like to. Talk about what you'd like to. Talk, these, are, and these are like facilitation questions. How, how or what do you think, feel, or need? Yes, I agree. I love and appreciate. When I say that, how, what do I think, that's facilitation because unless you get that person that's angry to talk, you will never be able to reconcile. You're mad? Okay, I hear that you're mad. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, what I'm thinking is, is they always in my business. Well, that's good. That's what I needed to hear, all right? And you guys are saying, what do you mean I'm always in your business? Somebody got to be in your nasty business. Somebody looks like, see, and you're just killing each other. You need to facilitate conversation and then get positive. Yes, I agree. Find something that you can agree and love and appreciate about one another. How many believe this would help? Anybody? Listen, no, 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 no matter how intelligent you are, if you don't deal with certain things, such as this, you're going to be debilitated and the enemy is going to use your words to destroy your relationship. You say, Pastor, everybody communicates differently. Yes, there are people that communicate right and people communicate wrong. All right. So we're trying to focus on the heart, the mind and the will and the emotions, but specifically on your emotional health. And, uh, you know, when our kids go back to school, one of the things that concerns us, especially if they're going to a public school, is they're going to be around people that can hurt them or wound them. But sometimes we misteach certain things in their life. I want you to have, I want our kids to have a better heart, a more healthy heart. So I want to talk about our emotional life for a moment. And how many have ever, uh, how many have ever been in pain before? Anybody ever been in pain? So I want to begin by telling you this. Life hurts. Somebody shout it. Life hurts. Life hurts. Now, I'm telling you this. I mean, uh, we've had some pain. Diana had some pain. This week, she's still in some pain right now. We're praying that God will heal her body. But uh, how many have ever had some pain? Anybody? Uh, I've had some pain. But I'm telling you, there is pain that goes beyond pain that you can have in your arm or in your leg. There's pain that goes beyond surgery. I'm talking about emotional pain. I carried a certain amount of pain into my adulthood. Anybody else do that? A certain amount of pain that was not dealt with. Some of you are saying, why do I feel what I feel right now? Let's talk for a moment about what's really going on in your, in your life. I have an amazing mother and father, but they had their own stories of pain. And some of them carried their own pain. Diane had a great mom and dad. Diane's mama specifically carried a great deal of pain. I don't know that she ever dealt with some of the pain that she had in her life. But we just kind of whistle and sing and go to church and act like everything's all right. And, but it's not. Anybody remember in the 80s there was a story called The Facts of Life? All right? You take the good, you take the bad. The facts of life. The facts of life. All right, it was Trudy and a bunch of people. Okay, anyway, uh, it was kind of fun. It was kind of cute. But but here's, here's here's some emotional facts of life. Number one, life hurts. It hurts. And uh, there's been a lot of death recently. I mean, I mean, John McCain's passing, Aretha Franklin's passing, and then yesterday, Friday and Saturday, was like John McCain, Aretha funerals. And I'm telling you, did anybody see any of the funerals? Anybody? I saw Aretha's funeral, and I saw John McCain's funeral. Now, if you don't know it, Aretha was a Baptist, and John McCain was a Baptist, but their funerals didn't look anything alike, okay? <laughs> How many know you can be a Baptist and be a different kind of Baptist? Anybody know that? So, uh, 
I just, I, I wish they'd have called me because I had a lot of things I wanted to say, all right? And I know you looked at all of that and you thought, well, there's, that's some weird stuff. I don't like what he said. I like what he said. I can't believe so-and-so was there. I can't believe Ariana was dressed like that. I can't believe, you know, things. Yeah. Amen. I'm not busting on Ariana, okay? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, I want you to hear what I, I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is sometimes you are focused on the things that is not really going on. What was going on is Aretha's family walked in the door and her children, her grandchildren's hearts were just broken and busted up. And John McCain, uh, his family, so many people who knew him, knew his history, his family, and uh, there are people that were there and they were hurt and they were broken. How many have ever been devastated before? Anybody know that you can go through times of devastation? I threw these scriptures up here because uh, this says Luke, the beloved physician. Listen. Paul was, if you read in his story, the Apostle Paul, he was beaten, he was left for dead, he was shipwrecked. I mean, uh, there were so many things that happened. Uh, go ahead and slap the person. No, don't. Don't slap the person next to you. But here's what we think. We think because Paul was so full of the Holy Ghost, when they hit him with the whip, it didn't hurt. How many know when you get hit, it hurts? Does anybody know that? Why didn't God just take all the pain away? All right? We are in a broken world, and sometimes we get hurt physically, and sometimes we get hurt emotionally. In fact, sometimes when you get hurt physically, the emotional pain is still lingering after the physical wound has healed. Luke, the beloved physician, I love that he said that. We, don't, we have that. We're trying to work with that context. But I, I can just see the beloved physician hanging around Paul because Paul, it was said that he was kind of bent over. He had been beaten. He had been hurt. He had worked hard. And that, that, that he was, Luke was a physician. I checked the context of Luke, the physician, who's kind of after the Hippocrates uh, concept that there actually there were medicines and there were ways to help people. Before that, the belief was that uh, uh, the only way to to get through was to pray to, a, to, to one of the Greek gods, and one of the Greek gods would help you, but nothing was happening, right? So, so how many know you need a doctor on occasion? Anybody know that? So, so Luke was there. Uh, in, in John 16, Jesus makes this statement, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I love that. How many know that, we've, we've, that Jesus has overcome the world, so we're overcomers? How many know that? That. But but listen, listen, but in the world you will have, and I know you're all raising Disney princesses, but my concern is your Disney princess does not know the story, because Cinderella didn't have a mom, and her stepmom despised her, and her father was uninvolved in her life. You didn't hear me? Did you know about, how about, anybody heard the story of Rumpelstiltskin? This demonic creature and he uh, and, a, and a braggadocious father that kept saying that his daughter could spin straw into gold and Rumpelstiltskin came into her life and he made a deal with her, but the deal was that he would let her spin straw into gold as long as he could have her firstborn child. Anybody read these stories? Anybody ever read about Snow White, the, the story of jealousy and violence and attempted murder? Anybody heard that story? I know all you hear about it, seven little guys, you know, docking. But how about Hansel and Gretel? Anybody heard that story? It's the story of a brother and sister who were left in the woods to be eaten by wild animals that discover a witch. And don't even let me start with Beauty and the Beast. 
So I want them to read fairy tales. And then maybe they'll grow. Listen, they will. Your children are going to experience some jealousy. And your children are going to experience some pain. Come on, how many know I'm telling the truth right now? They're going to experience this. I'm just saying, life is wonderful and full of blessing. But if you live long enough, you're going to experience some pain. Here's another fact of life. Unless we deal with the pain properly, when it occurs, it will accumulate into your life. It accumulates. I, I threw the story up of Elijah because it hit me the other day. How many have ever been depressed? Anybody ever felt like dying would be a good option? And you say, well, that's, you must be a sinner. Have you ever read the story of Elijah? After the prophets of Baal had been destroyed and the rain had begun to fall, you have to read the whole story. It was miracle after miracle. Jezebel told him, I'm coming after you and I'm going to kill you. Okay, now what did Elijah have in his life? The Holy Spirit. Remember John the Baptist? He came in the power and spirit of Elijah. The power and spirit of Elijah, the Holy Spirit, rested upon the Messiah, Jesus. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And you say, well, what about them? Well, Elijah found himself under a, a broom bush. Uh, he sat down under it and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough. Just take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. Why? Because he was filled with anxiety. What about John the Baptist? John the Baptist baptized and prophesied about Jesus. Ended up in jail one day and sent word. Go ask Jesus if he's really the Messiah. Should we look for another? He said, how did John, this man full of the Holy Spirit, because life is often filled with pain. And sometimes, even for spiritual people, we need to find a place where we can deal with it. Jesus found himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was praying, and his sweat became like drops of blood. And he looked around for his disciples, and he said, Guys, couldn't you stay and pray with me for an hour? I'm telling you, you need to do this. And I learned about this early in my life, early in my ministry, very early in my ministry. I was, and, and there's nobody here that would know the story so I could share it but, uh, or, or even know the individual I'm talking about. Uh, but but early, in my, early in my ministry, I just so many years ago now, but uh, I had a, an individual was coming to me and they were just so broken and so full of pain and, and just started talking with them and it just came out that uh, she had had a child. When she was a teenager. And nobody knew that she was pregnant. Because of the way that her pregnancy had happened. And she gave birth to her baby in the toilet. And the baby died. And they came in and took the baby. And she'd never seen the baby again. She didn't know anything about the child. She didn't know where it was buried. She didn't know anything about it. Does that sound painful? Yeah. Especially after you've carried that for 20 years. And it's never been talked about. It was hush hush. So we sat down and we talked about it. And I, you know, just a young, you know, wet behind the ear pastor, you know, just trying to, trying to deal with that. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? I want to reconcile this, this woman. I want to bring healing. And so I, I started calling around and I found out where the child was buried. And I took her, just her and I, we went to the gravesite and we honored that child and we gave thanks for that child and we looked into the Word of God about the healing. All I can say is there was healing that I saw. I began to see healing in that. But it's something else that happened that in the process I'd had so many things that happened in that first 
couple of years of my ministry that at one particular day I felt so overwhelmed because all the accumulated pain of so many people was laying inside of my heart. I was feeling the anxiety and the depression and the pain. And my wife, so one day she just called a pastor friend of mine and said, you need to come and get Rick and take him out of town and get him set free. Does anybody understand what I'm saying right now? This is a big deal. Here's the reality. Most of us did not have parents or family that would come and help us or heal us. Some of us actually grew up in situations where you had to avoid your hurts and you did not talk about them. Listen, listen. Uh, your heart sometimes is hurting and you have to deal with the hurts of your heart. Ultimately, here's the truth. Emotions will only fully heal in the presence of God. Because there you can find forgiveness and healing. I'm not discounting good counseling. I'm just saying that I can't always replace your missing mom or dad or give justice to your abuser. But I can introduce you to a God who invites you into his loving presence and calls you a son, calls you his daughter, and says, I will adopt you and bless you and heal you. Here's another emotional fact. An emotional fact of life. Unresolved emotional pain accumulates and compromises our relational health. Un, unresolved emotional pain accumulates, am I right? And it compromises our ability to have relationships. King David, anybody love David? Man, I love King David. But this opening story of David's life is painful because Samuel comes to anoint a king and he goes to Jesse's house. And he gets to Jesse's house and he says, bring your sons. And Jesse brings seven sons in. Big, strapping soldiers. And God keeps speaking to Samuel and said, not that one. Not that one. Nope, not that one. Finally, he just looks at Jesse and says, do you have any more sons? And Jesse says, I got David. He's out working with the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We're not going to sit down until he arrives. We're going to stop right here because I asked you to bring your sons and you left. Anybody thankful that Jesus? Now, I hear this and he receives anointing. But if you know the rest of David's life, how many remember David killed Goliath? Anybody remember that? And after David killed Goliath, Saul hated him. That his brothers despised him. He was ostracized by his brothers. He was hurt. And David had some other pain that we see later in his life. I mean, remember his son Absalom. Anybody remember Absalom? Absalom, his son, who actually eventually comes and tries to take the kingdom from him. How many have heard of a man by the name of uh, Saul? Anybody, or Solomon? Anybody ever heard of Solomon? All right. How, do you know how many wives Solomon had? Anybody? And, and you think, why did Solomon have such relational brokenness? Hmm, could it be that he was a part of... Uh, uh, that uh, little situation uh, between Bathsheba and David, the scandalous relationship. And now uh, Solomon was a relationally broken individual, ended up with a thousand wives. They're a great case study in pain. Anybody heard of uh, uh, Tamar and Amnon? David's son raped his daughter. Come on. Now, I'm telling you these stories, but some of you have stories like these. You have stories in your life. You didn't just grow up broken. You've been hurt. You've been abandoned. You've been abused. Come on. Been isolated. Been marginalized. Been alienated. Been forgotten. And it becomes a serious heart issues. 
undealt with hearts become. Look at Mark 10, verse 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. Now, I don't know if you get this. So for generations now, a divorce, uh, dismissing your wife, you get angry. Moses is now giving everybody, oh yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. So you, hey, I'm just so sick and tired of the way you're cooking. I just don't want you in my life anymore. I, I was expecting more out of this relationship. So generation after generation after generation, now we have generations of children who have been lost, who have been abandoned, you see what I'm saying, who have been isolated. I don't know if, if you get this. Uh, uh, let me get my back over here. Okay. Anybody ever had a child? And when they were born, you said, oh, bless their heart. Anybody like cuddling? Anybody like cuddling with your kids? Can I get an amen from even grown men? I tell you, your, your grandbaby cuddles up with you. It's like, oh, so sweet. Love you, Dada. You miss that. And even when they get older, how many know a hug from your kids is amazing? You know that? Hug. Because soft. I like this soft pillow. But then something happens in your life. It's okay. It's okay. It's still soft. It's just torn. You know, maybe, you know, like me, and you had somebody hurt you, you're victimized. Maybe it was brokenness in a relationship. It's okay. It's okay. But every time you think about it, every time you think about it, you just get more angry. And then you kind of got some bitterness. And so, I mean, it's soft, but that unforgiveness and bitterness, come on, accumulates in your heart. It's still soft up here, but don't touch down in that particular area of my life. It's fine, I can rest here. I just can't rest over here. And, but it's not that because what happens is you have one thing that you don't deal with in your life and then it's a trigger for other things to happen in your life. Bitterness, unforgiveness, wounds, relational brokenness. Now listen, it sounds like I'm just busting on divorce. Okay, I am, all right? And, and, and I know that the majority of people in this room have been through that, but you need to resolve that. How many know you need to resolve that? You need to deal with it. You need to get healing. You need to get forgiveness because it just gets harder and harder. You say, why can't I sleep at night? Why is it that on both sides of my heart, every place, it's like I got so many triggers and then you lay down at night and it's like I can't sleep and your mind's just going a million different directions, come on, and you have anxiety and depression and then what do you need to do with this? What am I going to do? I don't know what to do, but since I can't sleep, I'll just medicate it. I'll medicate it. Because I always feel better after I've looked at a little pornography anyway because it gets my mind off of everything else. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Say so that's, where, that's where addictions come from. How many are concerned about your children going off to school because of influence? Negative influence. Okay, now wait, wait. Remember, was it Nancy Reagan came up with a Just Say No campaign? All right, listen. There are kids that can't just say no because... That's what their heart feels like. And you say, don't do drugs. Just say no. Well, okay, I'll stop it, but who's going 
Who's going to deal with my heart? And then they find some beautiful girl who perhaps understands their pain. Yes, yeah, the way I was treated too. And they have a heart just like theirs. And they say, hey, let's just, let's just be together. And it's medication for a while because they both understand one another. But sooner or later, two hard hearts don't have the ability to live in the same room. And they say, I'm so glad we figured out who we were so I didn't have to stay with your backside for another day. I'll go off and find somebody else just as broken as you are. And after four or five relationships, they finally decide, well, maybe I'm just not supposed to be with a man. Maybe I'm just not supposed to be with a woman. Marriage doesn't work. No, your heart doesn't work. Jesus was giving them revelation. He wasn't saying just because you got hard hearts. Listen to his voice. You don't see anger here. He loves the Pharisees. He loves these people. The reason he gave you this is because we couldn't find any other medication for you. You're killing each other and destroying each other. And because you're killing each other and destroying each other, you're wondering, you're trying to figure out, what do I do about this? What do I do about my hard heart? I know we can't let you kill and destroy one another. So he, dis- he okay, dismiss each other. And that's why, I mean, that's what happens in our culture right now. We don't have the right. I can't pull everybody in. I can't lay hands on everybody. You know, if the judge would say, yes, I, I, we're going to let you have a divorce. But first of all, you got to go to church at Freedom for six months. And you got to read the word of God. We want you to get in some spiritual counseling. We want you to go to some living waters training. We'd like you to get, then maybe we could do something. But no, they don't even believe in God. No wonder we have an opioid crisis. I, I dropped that and some of you say that's what my heart feels like. Feels that heavy. That, that many things that have accumulated. Jesus, help me preach this. We do a couple of things. We medicate our pain. How many know David medicated his pain? Remember Bathsheba? What was he doing? Medicating his pain. I can't help but think sometimes David was out there in the war. And yes, the power of God was upon him. And yes, he was anointed. But even in all of that anointing, he was saying, I'll show you who the soldier is. Dealing with his pain. And then he comes home. He has nothing to deal with anymore. He looks over, sees Bathsheba the brokenness of Bathsheba, they beget Solomon. We multiply our pain. We make, we make ourselves busy. Okay, so since I'm hurting so bad and I can't medicate it, I'll just keep doing what brought the pain to me over and over and over again. Does that make sense? That's why Solomon had a thousand wives. And when Solomon is finished, he writes in Ecclesiastes 2, he writes back about his life and he talks about everything. And he says this, he says, everything that I touched, really I had no profit under the sun. It was all wind. Now, let's get some healing here. If we're ever going to have a better heart, we're going to have to deal with our pain. I'm not going to, I want to deal with the pain of the heart. I'm going to tell you this. Understanding that we need counselors and comforters and therapists. Listen, 
The only way to receive complete healing is to turn your heart over to God. How many have experienced what I'm talking about right now? The only way. Matthew chapter 5 and 4. Perhaps you've heard this. This is one of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Anybody ever heard that scripture? Blessed are those who mourn. Uh, Let let me... I preach this all over these scriptures. The Beatitudes are powerful, but... God wants those who are grieving because hard hearts, broken hearts, speak of grief that has never been resolved. There are millions of people, even Christians, who are struggling relationally in their families and in their hearts who have not received blessings and comfort. Blessed are those who mourn. I've been grieving for 40 years. But there are millions of people, even Christians, who are struggling relationally in their families and haven't gotten to this point. So what is he saying? God will bless and heal those who bring their pain to him. Because God will not ignore you. He will not abandon you. Listen, listen. Blessed are those who mourn. Let me say it this way. God will bless and heal those who bring their pain to him. God will not ignore you. God will not abandon you. He will validate you. He understands you. And the good news is this. His desire is to heal the hardness of your hearts. I know I'm a long way from this opening scripture, but I'm going to give you some understanding here. God wants to bless all of our hearts. Anybody ever felt like a child even though you're a grown-up? How many have ever felt like a baby? I, I remember the first time I really felt that was when my mother died. When my mother died, uh, I suddenly felt like I was seven years old. It's where I mourned. I wanted her to touch me, hold me, embrace me. I'm looking at the scripture in, in Mark 10. They brought little children to him that he might touch them, but his disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me. We don't know who all of those were that brought them. But there is a large message here. Most of our hearts were whole at one time. And if it had not been for for life, we would be okay. Uh, This scripture, however, appears also in in Matthew. It also appears in Luke. The problem contextually with the blessing of the children was the position and condition of children. By cultural understanding... Children at this time were not valuable. They were not as valuable as adults. So much so that if you had a child and you did not want that child, you could abandon it. And children would be abandoned in the streets. If you had a child that perhaps had a health difficulty, you would just go take it and drop it off in the woods. Anybody hear what I'm saying? I know this is beyond you. If you had children but you could not afford them, you might dismiss one of the children. In order that you could afford the sons, it would probably be the daughter that you would let go. I know that sounds horrible and unrighteous and ungodly, but now I want you to look around on the streets. Has anybody been to a country where there were children that were begging in the streets? First time that happened to me, I had gotten off of the plane in Peru. We had walked out into the airport and there were children that were running to me asking me for American dollars. 
I saw children with little plastic gloves sitting in the street, sniffing glue, trying to get high. And then I found out that it's, they were not all abandoned, but there were many that were abandoned, and that's why we needed orphanages and feeding centers. But there were also many of them that had mothers or fathers that would send them out into the street in order to beg because they needed money, and they knew that people with American dollars would be compassionate. Somebody thank God for that compassion, and I think that's a good thing. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. We see how horrible this is, but we have a choice to bless or curse our children and here's what I'm saying. There are children that have moms and dads and nice clothes and school supplies that are basically emotionally abandoned by the brokenness of the world that they live in. It's like, no, we don't want to talk about your pain or your problem or show you the truth of the Lord Jesus. We have kids that live a stone's throw away from this building who have never entered into this place, not been to one vacation Bible school, and do not know the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. There are abandoned and broken children everywhere. See, we see it. And we stand, but we stand with the Pharisees and we abandon our children to the wild beasts and the wild culture and the brokenness that Satan would bring to them. Here's, here's the context. I want you to hear this. We need to understand blessing. Somebody shout blessing. Let's just begin by blessing. Now, we've already talked about blessing the children, but I want you to understand what it means here. One of the Hebrew words for blessing is barak, which means to endue with power for success, prosperity, fruitfulness, and longevity. How many would like to bless your children? Anybody want to bless your children? How many would like to bless your husband or your wife or a friend? Anybody want to bless them? So when we say blessing, what we're saying is that we have the power to join with God in blessing. So examples are like Mel Mel Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Uh, the blessing of the generations in Genesis 5 where God creates male and female and bless them and, and, and name them man in the day that they were created. Or the cup of the Lord, the cup of blessing which we bless. It is the communion of the blood of Christ or the blessing of Christ that comes upon every believer or, or every believer in Ephesians chapter 1 and 5. We, we receive the blessing of Christ where the Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, get this, in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What blessing do you want? Anybody want blessing? How many would like to be a conduit of blessing? Would you like blessing? That's what God wants. You see, when we say Christ blessed the children, he didn't just come and say, okay, bless you. Now go, go back to being, no, no. He poured blessings, every blessings. I'm telling you, children got off of his lap after hearing Jesus saying, I know you've been abandoned, but I want you to know that you are loved. I want you to know that you can make it. I want you to know that God loves you. Your Father loves you. And when you leave this place, I'm sending people around you, and there's going to be wholeness in your life, and you matter. You matter. You matter. I care about you, little, little, little boy jumps off of Jesus' lap. Nobody has ever spoke like that in my life before. Anybody glad he blessed the children? Some of you are saying, I can't do that. Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
One of the greatest movies that shows that is The Help. Anybody seen The Help before? How many have seen The Help? Have you seen the movie The Help? This moment where, where Eveline, she's working and she, you know she's been through it. She's endured racism. She's endured brokenness of all kinds. And the, this is the job that she gets. She's all she can find. She gets this job working in this house and taking care of this baby, cooking for, and cleaning for this family. But she takes care of this little girl and every day this little girl climbs up in her lap and she looks in her eyes and she says, you is kind, you is smart, and you is important. Now some of you are saying, well, man, I can't, can't you fix the grammar on that? Would you get past your bad self for a moment? And would you hear a little girl whose mother had alienated her, uh, whose mother was more important than money and position. Come on, do you hear this? Uh, a racist mama, a broken mama, and you got this sweet lady taking a baby every day. And, you, and I can almost hear Evelyn saying, you know, somewhere, the reason that I have the ability, the fortitude to do what I'm doing right now is because even though everybody else says this is what I am, somebody spoke into my life. You're kind and smart and you're important. I don't know kids hear that. I don't know. I think sometimes we just keep blowing stuff up. Oh, you can do whatever you want to do. And I think that's good. But I think we need to find the word of God and look into the lives of children that have been broken for generations in a broken culture and start removing the brokenness out of their life by saying you are who God says you are. Everybody stand up. I got to finish. Let's give thanks to God for his word. That's why we used those boards, why we brought those poster boards up with hugs. Because I wanted you to hear this. I wanted you to see what it looked like. How many think you ought to surround your kids with blessings? Anybody believe that? Look at me. Don't complain about anything in your children's lives if you're not praying for them every day. Don't complain about anything that you're not going to do something about. I'll say that again. Don't complain about something you're not going to do anything about. Honey, why, why, are, you, why are you flunking this subject? How come you're doing so bad? Come over here. Let's pray together before we get into this. Let me get my arms around you. Let's pray. Let's pray. I don't know. Is there something else going on in your head? You're so busy trying to get your kids to know algebra and you don't know why they can't focus. It's not always because they're just rebellious. Sometimes it's because other stuff's going on in their life. Can I get an amen from someone? Pray with them. Get your arms around them. Bless them. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say a few things we need to bless, okay? One, bless God. Anybody want to do that right now? Come on, let's bless God. Let's, let's declare His goodness and His righteousness. God, I declare that You are good and You are holy. Come on, say it. You are righteous. You are my healer. You are our deliverer. There is nothing that I need that You do not have. You are my provider. Somebody bless God. Go ahead, bless God. Bless Him. Okay. Secondly, bless your children. Bless your children. I don't need to say anything more about that. Somebody say, I will bless the children. Say, well, I don't have any. Find some kids to bless. Bless some kids. See all these kids up here? They're yours. We're family. 
your grandpas and grandmas, moms and dads, uncles and aunts, your, your family, your, we're all the family of God. You might see a kid up there, why should I bless that, guy, that kid? Because you're the one that's going to be that individual that David desperately needed. Bless your spouse. Jesus. You do not know the blessing it is. The joy that you will have. Till you have learned to do what I have taught you. Some of you haven't done it yet. You'll say amen. Some of you still not even thinking about doing it. Put your arms. Pull your wife, your husband close to you. Pray for them and speak blessing over them. Speak it. Speak it. You are loved. You're precious. You're beautiful. You're godly. Anybody get this? I didn't put this in here, but it needs to be, Keith, between spouse and enemies. It needs to be in there. Bless one another. Keith will add it to there, I'm sure. Say it, bless one another. Because somebody sitting next to you doesn't have anybody to embrace them and bless. Sometimes I tell you to bless each other, and you say, oh, hi, how you doing? God bless you. Why don't you just, never mind. Bless people. Come here, Patricia, come here. Come here. Baptized her. You are a good gift. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. you are a good woman. I love the joy that you, you have. I love watching you worship. You are so precious, and I'm so thankful that you're here and part of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, daughter. I love you, I love you sister. Thank you, brother. Okay. I just blessed her. Anybody? How many know blessing? Blessing. Blessing. Okay. Bless your enemies. If you don't learn to bless your enemies, you're going to fill your heart up with hardness. Somebody that's hurt you, I want you to bless them. Look, I, I, had, I learned this in a painful way. I was so wounded from someone, and I never got freedom until I started praying that God would bless them. And I found healing. I'm going to give you this last one. This is a tough one. Bless yourself. Go ahead. Lay your hand on your heart. Just lay your hand right there. Okay? This is tough. Because some of us are so busy loving, one, uh, one another, loving others that we forget that God wants us to love ourselves. Are you a child of God? Go to the next slide if you would. There's, there's power of life and death in your tongue. You ready? I want you to quote it. You ready? Let's say, number one, everything that I set my mind to, I will see it through. No, you say it loud. Come on, say it with bold. Everything that I set my mind to do, I will see it through. Everything that I put my hands to shall prosper. Everything that tries to hinder my steps shall be blocked. Every tongue that rises against me shall be silenced. And every thought and action shall be in alignment with God's plan. What did you just do? I just blessed myself. Anybody with me on that? I just blessed myself. I, I found that on the internet somewhere. I thought it was, I was. From by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. I am worthless. I'm, I'm just going to confess. 
Diana knows. I've confessed to her. I have shaken my head and said, I can't believe what an idiot I am. I can't believe that I would be that stupid. What is wrong with me? Anybody ever done that besides me before? Anybody ever cursed yourself? Okay. How many would confess that? Lift your hand and confess that. Confess it. All right. I'm not going to curse myself anymore. Anybody with me on this? How many say no more cursing in my life? No more cursing. You say, well, I don't curse. I don't use like the F word. Yes, you do. Because that's probably a bigger curse than the other. You're busy with your language. You're a really good Pharisee. Right? Maybe you should be busier with the words that you speak. Somebody shout, I am blessed. I am a child of God. Anybody know any other blessings? Come on, any other blessings for yourself? I'm the head and not the tail. All right, come on. Anybody understand? God has a plan for my life. I am healed. I am blessed. I am prosperous. I am loved. I am adopted. What's that? I am the apple of my father's eye. What? I'm the lender and not the borrower. Jesus, Jesus. All right. Prayer workers, come and stand with me. It's been a long day, but it's been a good day. Anybody feel blessed because you're here today? Anybody thankful? I love you guys. I love you so dearly. I'm so blessed to have you. You were such a good gift. All right. Uh, are you guys ready to give blessings out? <laughs> How you doing, brother? Ah, Jesus. The folks are struggling out there, and you need blessed. You're struggling in a home. If your children are struggling, do you need to surrender your life over to the Lord Jesus? I want you to leave and come up to the front now. Come on, start running. Come on, start coming. Start coming. Start coming up front. For those of you who cursed yourselves, I want you to come on. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. In fact, I'd like as many as would just to come and stand up here, whether you're going to have prayer or not, but we're going to give blessings away. That's what we're doing. We're giving blessings away. Jesus, bless my brother. I cover my son. I cover him. I cover him. I speak blessings. I speak healing. I speak life and strength and end of fear. Come close, come close. Stand right here. Squeeze on it. Squeeze on it, your brother. Stand close, stand close. All right, go back to that last slide, Keith. No, I mean the declaration. You ready? Come on, lift your hands. Everybody lift your hands. Open your eyes. Come on, let's, let's declare it again, but let's declare it now with power and authority. Are you ready? Let's declare it. Ready? Go. Everything that I set my mind to do, I will see it through. Now pause. 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 Say it again. Everything that I set my mind to do, I will see it through. Some of you are hearing the enemy argue with me. Argue. The enemy is telling you, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not true. I want you to say this. My mind belongs to God. My thoughts belong to God. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Anybody receive this? Next, next one. Everything that I put my hands to shall prosper. 
Some of you are afraid God has given you vision and direction, but you have so much fear. And that's a curse of the enemy. Come on, that's a curse. Say it again. Everything that I put my hands to shall prosper. Some of this is the Abrahamic covenant, all right? Number three, everything that tries to hinder my steps shall be blocked. Declare, come on. Everything that tries to hinder my steps shall be blocked. Now this is the word of God. Every tongue that rises against me shall be silenced. Every thought and action shall be in alignment with God's plan. And we're going to pray, but we're not just going to pray. We're going to bless. Are you ready? You're standing near people. I want you to lay your hands on somebody's shoulder that's nearby you. All right? Everybody. All right? I want you to take a turn. All right? And I want you to begin to speak blessing over one another. Okay? Are you ready? Some of you might be, have a lot of folks there, but take a turn with somebody that's nearby you, and I want you to begin to speak blessing. Now hear me. I speak blessing upon all of you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make, make, lift His countenance upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. How many believe that's going to happen? Anybody believe that? God's countenance is upon you. His countenance upon you. And I grant, I grant you peace. Now listen, listen, listen. I want you now to begin to speak you're going to have to look in their eyes and you have to speak it out loud. You don't, get, you don't get the ability to whisper to one another. Speak blessing. Holy Spirit is upon you now. Speak blessing to somebody nearby. You begin to bless them. Speak blessing. If you don't have somebody, walk up to somebody and say, I'm going to bless you, all right? Find somebody. It might just be a couple of you, two or three, but I want you to look at the person nearby next to you and I want you to speak blessing. Speak blessing. Ready? Do it now. And when you're finished, may the Lord bless you. I'll see you. If you're new to free to meet me in the Welcome Center, God bless you all. Speak blessing to one another. Speak blessing. Speak blessing.